We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Good morning. How are you guys doing? My name is Chad. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace. I almost lost my voice singing. So <clears throat> thank you, Jake. Um, it's going to be a, an interesting uh, go. I brought my water up just in case I lose my voice. Um, we've been in a series called Story for over a year. And the cool thing about the story is it's not just a story, but it's the story of God's relationship with us. God's love story of walking along with people from the very creation in the garden. We started over a year ago talking about the garden, moving along into the Old Testament uh, with the forefathers, the founding of uh, the nation of Israel through captivity, through freedom, through bringing out of Egypt out of the pro- into the promised land, the giving of the Ten Commandments, up into the birth of Jesus Christ, the new beginning. When, Je- when God sent his son Jesus to the earth, he sent him to be our rescuer, the Messiah, the savior of the world, a new beginning for all of creation, Jesus Christ. So we went into the gospels, we talked about the life and ministry of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. He was teaching us who God created us to be, who God designed us to be. And then today, Pentecost Sunday, we remember that after Jesus died and came back to life, he ascended into heaven, but when he left, he said, stay in Jerusalem, I'm sending you a gift. I'm sending you a gift. And that day, Pentecost Sunday, that we celebrate today as a church, the Holy Spirit descended on God's people, giving them the power to overcome any obstacle 
There's no more barriers that can stop the gospel from spreading to the ends of the earth. And so that day, the church was born. The gospel was preached in every tongue, to every tribe, to every nation, no matter who you were, no matter where you're from, no matter your family, no matter what you've done or what you're doing, no matter what, Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ and who he is, the savior of the world was able to reach the four corners of the world. Jesus Christ would be able to be preached that day. And so Mark has been bringing us through Acts, the book of Acts. And Acts talks all about Paul's missionary journeys. And so last week, um, we read about Paul going to, the, to Ephesus. And when he got to Ephesus, there was a little pocket of believers that, that believed in Jesus. Um, and when he got there, he, he was talking to them. He's like, do you guys know anything about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is what's going to give you power to pro- proclaim the gospel. See, in Ephesus, the city was, uh, was lost. Every, all the cultures brought all the different teachings and, and mystics and the occults and, and all, these, all this stuff that seemed to have power but it was lies. It was, and it was existing in Ephesus. And so the believers needed something to combat the evilness of the world, the lies of the world, all the different teachings that were being compiled and, and taught in Ephesus. They needed a tool to combat that. And so Paul taught them about the Holy Spirit, gave them power to overcome any obstacle, that the gospel would not be held back by anything. The gospel is this. This is the rock on which we stand as a church. The central mission that we're on is Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. That when he died on the cross, he took the punishment for our sins, our bad choices, our rebellion against God. He took that on so that we can now stand right with God the Father. But he didn't stop there. He then conquered death so that all that believe in him and all that identify with him and all that follow after him, death no longer has a final say on your life. Jesus Christ conquered death on our behalf. And then he didn't stop there. So while the believers are waiting, he sends his spirit to give them power and authority in the lost world to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And then he didn't stop there. He continues to give gifts to God's people to proclaim the gospel. God is setting us up to succeed. He's setting the church up to succeed. That is the power. We're in this this thing called the church, this series called the church, and it's all about God's people unified under Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing the good news to every nation, every people, all people. So Paul leaves, and he's on his missionary journey. He gets arrested. He gets arrested for preaching the gospel in Rome. And while in prison, he writes a letter to the church in Ephesus just to encourage them. He writes them a letter. And today we're going to be in Ephesians. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians. And Paul had two main purposes for writing to this church in Ephesus. Purpose number one was to remind them that Jesus Christ did the work of reconciliation, the work of making us right with the Father. That is a central truth of the church, and he's reminding the church in Ephesus, there's all sorts of different teachings that are being uh, bombarded with, but this is the central teaching that you need to hold on to. Jesus Christ has reconciled us, brought us to unity with the Father. Message number two, that Jesus Christ is gathering all believers everywhere into one body, the Holy Church. One body under Jesus Christ. 
He's unifying us with God the Father and he's unifying us with each other in the church. Then no matter who you are, where you've been, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you've accepted the forgiveness of sins that he gave to you on the cross, the resurrection, and now his spirit is alive in you, we're no longer just neighbors or friends or acquaintances. You are my brothers and sister. No matter where you are in the world. And so this morning, as we're gathering and we're singing and we're reading scriptures and we're praying, all around the world, our brothers and sisters are doing the same thing. They're gathering together to worship God, to lift the name of Jesus, to read scriptures and to pray together. And we have unity with them through Christ Jesus. It is the rock on which the church is built. That is the truth that we're going to be looking at today. We're going to look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians that he wrote when he was in jail. I'm going to read from Ephesians 4. I'm going to start in verse 1. I know Mark has you stand. I'm going to have you keep sitting because it's a little bit of a a longer uh, scripture. I'm going to take a drink. I'm going to slow down because this is important. This is God's word. I read it uh, earlier this morning. I just, I felt there's something here for us. I I don't want to skip over it. I don't want to miss it. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself, un- uh, keep yourself unified in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord and there is one faith. One baptism and one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, each has been given, each one has been given a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it said that he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of a new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth and love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, 
and full of love. As a church, we're part of a global, a global church. All people everywhere that call in the name of Jesus, that believe in Jesus, that follow after Jesus. But as a church, we believe that we are locally called to be the gospel bringers to Hudson, Marlboro, Westboro, to Metro West. And that's what we're called to do here. And that's why as a church, we celebrate membership. We talked about the business meeting coming up where people will be voting on, on new members. But membership is an important part to us as a church because we're saying the gospel, we're part of the global church. But when we do membership here, we're saying you're part of the local church. You're part of who God has called you to be here, to live out the gospel here in your neighborhoods, in your homes, in your workplaces. And so there's actually a group of people that have just recently gone through our membership class. I'm going to have them actually stand. If you're in the room uh, and you went through the last membership class, I'm going to have you go ahead and stand up. Um, not everyone can be here. Uh, there'll be some names on the screen, I think. There we go. And so these are the people that have just recently gone through our membership class. And they did this as a step of faith saying, this is the community in which I'm going to call my church. That I'm going to live out my faith. Yes, I'm part of the global church, but this is my local expression of that. And so I want to pray over this group of people uh, before we move on any farther. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your gifts. And when I look at people that take that step and say, you know what, I want to be a member of grace, I feel like that is a gift. Because these are people that are gifted, that are called to proclaim the gospel in this region. Lord, I pray that you'll give them boldness, that they will not shrink back, they will not be intimidated, but they'll be filled with your spirit so there'll be no obstacle from your life-giving truth to be taught and shared and lived out in this region. Lord, for these new members, I pray that you will walk with them, that they'll find community, they'll find men and women that they can do life together with. Lord, this is what we're called to, we are called to be the church. I pray you'll help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Make sure this wasn't important. Nope, it's blank. My notes for today, nothing. No. <laughs> so we're, Paul's in Ephesus. He writes this letter. And he's reminding them. He's reminding them the truth of Jesus Christ. But there's something that's fighting the church. It's fighting the church in Ephesus but it's fighting the church today here. It's unity. We are called to be unified under one truth, the rock. Jesus Christ is the center of what we believe. But the problem is, is that our human nature drifts very quickly to division. Now, as a church, we're supposed to stand on one truth and one truth alone, that Jesus Christ is Lord. But too often we make it about our preferences, our opinions. How should the church be run? What's the government structure? All that, I'm not saying those things are bad, but they are not the thing that we're focused on as a church. The church is built on this truth and this truth alone, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is the Savior, the Messiah, the one that has come to set the captives free. There's, that is the truth. There is no other truth. The rest is opinions, and that should be pushed away so that we can be unified. 
Division is a tactic of the enemy. It's a tactic in the enemy of the church. I've been part of churches where the littlest, most insignificant things can cause the church to be split and divided. And the enemy wins every time. Because the church forgets the centrality of Jesus Christ. The other things aren't important. We can talk about them. We have elders to wrestle through. We should talk, but they cannot divide us. They cannot cause unity to be broken in God's church. This is not a social club. This is not just a bunch of people getting together, having, singing songs and hanging out and, and maybe having a meal together or something and then going home. This, this is not a social club. This is the body of Christ. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to the church to proclaim the gospel, to set the captives free, to break chains from slaves, to heal the broken. That's the power of the church. And we can't let little divisions break us apart. Division doesn't happen just in the church, but happens in my life. When there's something in my life that's sinful, that I'm ashamed of, the first thing my heart does is want to hide and cause division for me and my brothers and sisters. But we have to fight it. We can't let shame and guilt separate us from each other. We can't let opinions and, and, uh, and our ideas that are not of God separate us. We have to fight for unity in the church. Uh, uh, let me think. Um, Psalms 133 says, where brothers dwell together in unity, God commands his blessing. If we will dwell together in unity, if we will fight for unity, if we will push aside childish things and focus on Jesus Christ as the center, as the rock of our salvation, if we will focus on him, God will command his blessing. And as a church, we see this. We see when we come together and we come unified together, we say God is calling us to help people know and follow Jesus, we see God's hand of blessing on that. All of a sudden, we see people coming to Christ that we never, that were far from God. We have people that are driving by the property that see a sign on a Sunday morning and something tugs them to come to church. They weren't invited by us. They, we were not great marketing people. God is doing work. He is commanding his blessing if we are unified. But if we are not unified, the enemy will win. We have to be unified, not unified on my idea, Mark's idea, someone else. We, don't have, we have to be unified on this, that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to be unified on that spot. I'm going to turn to uh, Matthew 16. This is, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples about uh, the church. <clears throat> it's Matthew 16, he says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. 
Now I say to you, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. This is the truth. When Peter proclaimed, you are the Messiah, you are the savior of the world, the son of the living God, Jesus said, that's it, that's it. And on that truth that Jesus is Lord, he will build his church. Another version of that scripture says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this week I was thinking about that scripture and uh, Jake pointed out he had heard a sermon or, or something where a lot of times we think about that scripture, if you've heard that scripture before, that the gates of hell will not prevail against us, the church. We think it's somehow we're on the defensive, like the gates of hell are coming at us. But gates aren't, a, aren't an attack thing, they're a defense. So it says the gates of hell will not prevail against us. It means that we are going to come forcefully, the church will forcefully attack the gates of hell. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We will overcome the enemy, but we have to be united in Jesus Christ. We have to draw to Jesus Christ. We have to draw power from the Holy Spirit. We can't allow anything to get in the way of proclaiming the gospel. We have to push all the other childish things aside and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. On this rock I stand, and I will proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. That is the power of the church. That is who God has called us to be. That's we're part of this global church and we're part of this church. We need to be proclaiming the gospel. We have to be proclaiming the gospel that Jesus Christ came. He died for our sins. He beat death on our behalf. He went to heaven. He sent his spirit. We are now called to proclaim that to the world. Let's sing. Let's sing. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For next week's podcast and more information about Grace and our upcoming services and events, visit our website, www.gracehudson.org. Thanks for listening.